0: Welcome to another edition of NBA Sound System, Carlin Gay, alongside Alex Novick. Alex, what's up, man? Not much, Carlin. I'm itching for some NBA basketball. and ready to talk some hypotheticals. All about hypotheticals on this podcast. We also have Micah Adams joining us. Micah, what's up, dude? I got nothing to prove, Carlin. I'm ready for this pod, baby. <laughs> nothing to prove We'll find out on this episode if you have nothing to prove. What we do know about this episode is that our main man Scott Rafferty will be sitting on the fence some way somehow. Scott, what's up, man?
1: Always. It's what I do best, Colin.
0: Indeed. Uh you're like what what type of bird sits on like a fence? A blue jay? I have no clue, but I'll take whatever <laughs> you're going to give me. Yeah, pigeon. Yeah, there we go. Scotty and pigeon Rafferty. That uh, feels disrespectful. <laughs> 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 on this podcast, we will be uh, talking about players with the most to prove in the NBA playoffs. We Fingers crossed. We're all optimistic that the season is going to come back. And we are going to have a full playoff run from all teams that are involved in the NBA. So we've picked 10 names that we think have the most to prove heading into the postseason. And we will rank them accordingly. But of course, we can't do it in a fair way. We got to do it draft style because we can never come to a consensus on anything Uh, We will have the random draft generator We actually did that off the air Uh, We have the list and order But the list of players Scott has in front of him Scott, give me the 10 names that we will be talking about On this pod
1: All right, here are the 10 names in no particular order Paul George, Jimmy Butler Kemba Walker, Chris Paul James Harden Russell Westbrook, Ben Simmons Giannis Antetokounmpo, Nikola Jokic And Anthony Davis those are the 10 names, all superstars with, that we believe have the most
0: to prove heading into the playoffs. Scott Raftery has actually wrote, written an article on the four, most player, four players with the most to prove uh, into the playoffs and a couple of wild cards. We also have wild cards, which we've all selected, that we'll give at the end of this podcast. We went random name generator. I ended up with the first pick. Uh, Michael will be second. Alex will be third. And Scott... Holding up the rear in last the pigeon, the pigeon. All right. <laughs> Uh <laughs> for first the first overall pick, no doubt in my mind, easily Russell Westbrook on this list of ten players, I think that he has the most to prove, heading into the playoffs. I don't think there's anything left for him to prove as an individual uh, you know at this point of his career, he's been the league MVP, he's been all NBA, um, you know he's, he's he breaking broken records that we never thought would be broken in the past. But a lot of his uh, you know, team accomplishments and you know how, how deep he's gone in the playoffs has been kind of tied to Kevin Durant. I think he needs to kind of break out of that shadow. I think he needs to have a moment in the playoffs where it looks like he can be a part of winning because that's always been a knock of him. The style that he plays is not a part of winning style. It's not conducive to winning. I think that for him to be recognized as the top-end player that he is... Uh, he needs to have uh, Success in the playoffs And for me That ends with a ring So all the pressure In the world on On Russell Westbrook Heading into this playoff From my perspective Out of the 10 names That we have on this list And that's why I put him at number one uh, With the most approved Out of the 10 guys That we have here
2: Yeah, Carlin I'm, I'm with you that He should be at the top Of the list uh, and, and for a lot of the reasons You just said not Maybe not number one But definitely near the top and And the the one thing I do disagree with you on is I don't think he needs to win a ring to really prove anything. I need I think he just needs to win something without Kevin Durant. He's never won a playoff series without Kevin Durant. He's been knocked out of the first round for three straight years and played really poorly uh, in those first round series. shot 38% combined the last three years in the playoffs, five turnovers per game. His efficiency tanks. His turnovers go up in the playoffs every year. So... I mean, I think all what he really needs to do is just play well, and if he can lead this Rockets team even to the Western Conference finals and play really well or even the finals, I think that would prove something at least to me and and maybe in a lot of other people's minds
0: yeah i mean i mean for for me I, I, looking back on you know, doing some deep dives on what we've been doing, you know, the last couple of weeks without live basketball, current basketball, and going back and look at some of the historic players from NBA's, you know, years past. And you're kind of going on their basketball reference pages and looking at the stats and numbers. And then to see this, the gaps of, you know, they weren't able to pull through or they lost to Michael or, or whatever the case may be. Uh, you know, Kevin Johnson's one guy that came to my mind. He, he was really nice, you know, a really nice player. Uh, you know, while we were able to grow up and watch him. People that you know were able to see Russell Westbrook do what he did on the basketball court right now are going to appreciate him a lot more than those who haven't seen him. But I think those who haven't seen him later on in life, if they see that he was able to pull through and win a championship, they might give his career a little bit more reverence than what he has now. One of the reasons
3: I don't think it's I so I I side with with Alex here because I actually I don't think it's championship or bust for Russell Westbrook. I I think of him as sort of like the The new Allen Iverson, where Allen Iverson never changed. He always played his way, but Allen Iverson, like, got to a finals. Allen Iverson got to conference finals. Russell Westbrook has not been the guy and been anywhere remotely close uh, to where Allen Iverson was able to get. I also just, one of the reasons I don't think that it's ring or bust for him is, like, short of 2016, when him and Durant blew that 3-1 lead to the Warriors, like, what year were they supposed to go win a title? I, I, they came up short against San Antonio one year, but like their run coincide. Like He's, he's too young in 2012, right? Where they, they get there, and then they lose to LeBron, and then they trade James Harden, and then they run into this Warriors dynasty, and then Durant leaves, and he's left alone by himself in Oklahoma City. So like I'm not sure there's ever been really one season outside of maybe 2016 where you point to and say, you know what? Westbrook blew it. They should have won a title. For me, it has so much more to do about like, can we not, can we just shoot over 40% in a first round series and not lose? Like, can he be the best player in a series? Can he not get outplayed by rookie Donovan Mitchell? Can he not get outplayed by Damian Willard, CJ McCollum, and Paul George in a playoff series? Like to me, it doesn't necessarily matter that he gets a, that he puts a ring on it. It's just... Can he actually play like he does in the regular season in the playoffs? And can they go anywhere uh, beyond the first round? That, To me, that's all the validation that I think Russell Westbrook uh, needs in order to kind of be viewed as, as maybe he probably should be. The
1: funny thing is that I agree with you, Micah. I don't think it's championship or bust for him. But I also agree with Colin. He's number one on my power rankings for the player who is most approved, even though I don't think it's championship or bust. And you guys kind of already, you know, laid it all out there. The big things for me is that not only has he lost three years in a row in the first round, it's that the Thunder were favored to win two of those series. And like you said, Micah, he got outplayed by a rookie in Donovan Mitchell in 2018, and then he got outplayed by Damian Lillard last year. So just that alone, he needs to step it up and prove that he can lead a team out of the first round. But secondly, and bigger picture, is that the Rockets took a huge gamble in trading for him. It wasn't just that they traded him like Chris Paul straight up for him. They traded Chris Paul, two first round picks, and then two pick swaps. And this is for a guy in his early 30s who relies a lot on his athleticism, and he still has three years and $123 million on his contract. That third year is a player option, he is almost certainly going to pick that up. I don't have any doubt about that. So for him, for this, for the Rockets to have any chance of winning this trade or coming out on, a, you know, the, the good side of it, Westbrook can't just completely falter in the first round again. And in that regard, I do think he has the most to prove. The flip side is that he couldn't he probably couldn't be in a better situation to end his cold streak because the moves that the Rockets made at the trade deadline to go small benefits him more than anyone else in the league or anyone else on that team because it just completely plays through his strengths. So if he kinda if he plays as badly as he did over the last three years this season and they lose in the first round or something like that, I think that would hurt his legacy in a big way.
0: I I, th- I agree with you, and that's why I think that you know winning a ring will help him validate that. Because for for and and you know I, I like the Allen Iverson comparison because it is right you know Iverson played a certain way and never deviated from that wanted to get shots up and he was able to be successful in that role and get his team to the finals and ran up against a juggernaut that you know in the, in the two thousand Lakers that was a team that they were never going to beat but where Russ is similar in the fact that he is Russell Westbrook he's not going to change who he is no matter what. But the difference was Allen Allen Iverson. It was we always gave Allen Iverson the benefit of the doubt. Like Allen Iverson played, uh, you know, that style, and it was always well he didn't have enough help around him. Well, he had Larry Brown as a coach. He goes to Denver. Well, he had you know Carmelo Anthony was there as well, and George Carls as coach. So they were never going to get over the mountaintop. Russell Westbrook for every loss that they've had in in the playoffs. When they got to the finals, it was his fault. It wasn't Kevin Durant's fault. If they didn't get past the Golden State Warriors when they're up three-one, it was his fault. It wasn't Kevin Durant's fault. When you know Kevin Durant leaves and goes to Golden State, it was Russell Westbrook's fault. It wasn't his. It wasn't the uh, you know the, that the, the Thunder weren't able to you know corral Westbrook. You know Westbrook now on on uh, Houston. If the Rockets don't win a championship in the time that he's there, it's going to be his fault that they don't win a championship in the time that he's there, and also his fault that they're not. Uh, you know going to be able to rebuild this quickly because they gave up you know so much just to get him so I think that you know the the, the narrative around Westbrook is going to look favorably if he does win a ring but if he doesn't it, everyone will look back and say well he didn't win as much as he could have because of the style that he played and because he was selfish and you know because uh of, of whatever you perceive him to be all right who we got next yeah, Micah's up at two.
3: Micah, what do you got? Well, this is just going to turn into a Houston Rockets pod right off the top. because I, <laughs> I, I think it's James Harden, and it, I don't even think it's close. I think James Harden has so much more to prove than any other guy, not only in the entire league right now, but I think he's he's kind of the biggest question mark guy of the last 15 or 20 years historically because of everything that he's doing in the regular season points to a guy that we should be talking about Uh, in the same breath as Kobe Bryant and Michael Jordan and Dwayne Wade and Jerry West in terms of like the best all-time shooting guards. Uh, But then you just look at the postseason and all of that prolific, crazy, gaudy stuff that he does in January against Orlando, it never happens in April, May or or, or June. So, you know, we, we talked a couple weeks ago about guys who routinely come up short in the playoffs. James Harden for his career. Has 23 50 point games, none in the playoffs. He's got 15 40 point triple doubles, none in the playoffs. If you sort all of his best games of his career, none of his top 25 and only two of his top 50 have come in the playoffs. By the way, those also came in the same series in 2015 against the Warriors, and like he finished second in MVP voting that year. But I, but I don't think we we quite yet talked about James Harden then. The way that we now talk about James Harden and uh, each of the last five seasons, his scoring average has fallen from the regular season to the playoffs. He is a This is a guy that just has not one time, not once elevated his play. And he's had opportunity one after another to go out and make a defining career uh, game and and knock out someone, whether it's knocking out Golden State in 2019 or 2018, or he comes up short in 2017, gets blown out uh, against the Spurs in a game Kawhi Leonard doesn't play. He gets benched in a game down the stretch against the Clippers in a crazy comeback. Like James Harden has like a top five, top 10, like all-time regular season career. And the guy like he just, doesn't do anything in the playoffs. He time and time again comes up short. That's why, to me, James Harden has way more to prove than anybody. And I actually think, unlike Russell Westbrook, I actually, I, I actually do think James Harden is a ringer bust guy because I think that drastically changes how we think about him, uh, sort of in the big picture.
0: That was going to be the question I was going to ask you. I think you know Harden, like like Westbrook, is. You know, 30 years old. He's not getting any younger. The way that he plays is not going to be pretty later on in life. So, you know, Micah agreed, said that, you know, it's not ring or bust for Westbrook. It is for Harden. So I'll ask you as a team, guys, uh, you know, Alex first, is, is it ring or bust or are you happy if they are able to just get to the Western Conference finals like in this season?
2: Yeah, no, I'm I'm with Micah. Th- this guy's different. It's it's a ring or bust for him. I mean, he's been to the conference finals a couple times as the guy. He he's played. He's had his moments as the guy. He's won MVP. He's even played well to get the Thunder to the finals um, when he had some help. So I think I think the thing he has to do left is is win, but also play well. Like Micah, you mentioned that the uh, game against the Spurs where they got blown out. I can't get that. That game out of my mind when I think of Harden's playoff career. He had ten points in that game, two for eleven with ten points. This is in 2018, and the, they lost by 39 points at home to a Spurs team that didn't have Kawhi Leonard to, in a in a in a series clincher. I mean, how can you can't even put that guy anywhere near the list of of all time greats with that game on his resume unless he wins a title and erases
3: it. I mean, he he's been bad. And forget Lamarcus Aldridge; he he got outscored by Jonathan Simmons, Patty Mills, and Dejounte Murray in that game. You can't do that.
2: <laughs> yeah, that that's a disgraceful black mark on his career. But he, the only thing that can really erase that in other playoff performances is a ring for me. He's you give him credit for making the making the playoffs every year with the Rockets, seven straight years. But in that time, he's shot just forty one percent in his playoff career. With the Rockets and Michael, you you went down the list, all the stats nailed it. I mean, he's just, he's always worse in the playoffs statistically.
1: I'm going to do you guys proud and um, sit on the fence with this one. For me, the biggest thing, I don't necessarily know if it's championship or bust for him. It's more along the same lines as Russell Westbrook, where I I think he just needs to step up and like actually prove that he can be the best player on the court, one through however many games the Rockets play against the best teams in the league. Um, Because I will say like, he has come up short in the playoffs, I also wonder if we criticize him too much for losing year after year against the Warriors, who are possibly the greatest team of all time, if not one of the greatest teams of all time. Um, like those Rockets pushed him the one year in particular. I'm gonna um, cut you before. off right
0: there and actually and actually defend Alex and Micah here. They didn't they didn't criticize him for losing to the Warriors. They criticized him for playing bad. Like no one's criticizing him for losing to one of the greatest teams of all time. It's just that he wasn't able to live up to the standards that he'd been putting forth in the regular season. So that's, that's a different that's a different case to, to make, and I think that's what they were trying to say.
1: No, that's that's fair. That's fair. I mean, along those same lines then. I, I for me it's more a matter of Harden and Westbrook stepping up and proving that they can play the same way in the regular season in the playoffs, which we just haven't seen over the last few years. And that's really one of the biggest, concern, like, biggest concerns for all this Rockets team, because you have two guys which this whole offense revolves around, and these guys have come up short in the
3: playoffs year after year after year, and if they don't step up, this team has absolutely no chance. Yeah, one, one of the things that like Rockets fans get all like pissed off and defensive about is anytime you talk about James Harden and they're like, well, he didn't play bad. Like, okay, well, maybe he didn't play poor, but he didn't play great either. Like, none of those great games, there's not one game you can point to really and say, like, that's the defining James Harden game. 2019, game six gets outplayed by Steph Curry, uh, down 3-2 after Kevin Durant's hurt. The game five, that same series, scores five points in the fourth quarter. He takes three shots. That's after Durant gets hurt, and they have an opportunity to go up 3-2. 2018 games game seven they're up 11 at the half he finishes 12 of 29 from the field the game the game before that they're up 3-2 they lead by 17 after the first quarter his team gets outscored 64 to 25 in the second half that's four games in the last two years alone where James Harden, who wants to be this all time great that we think about with Kobe, with MJ, with Dwayne Wade, that's four times and all four times he was not able to sum up the type of game that he does all the time in the regular season. And so like, I, I just think the bar is different for James Harden than it is uh, and, and partially and, and he's earned that right. like one of the reasons that the bar is that high is because he's been that good. And like, I'm sorry if you're knocking on that door and you want to be in that conversation, then you got to do something about it. But but he, he has refused. uh, And up to this point proven uh, unable to do so.
0: Yeah. The, the, The argument for him or the excuse rather for him has always been, that he's getting tired uh, from doing all of the work in the regular season and not being able to have the legs later on in the playoffs. Well, now he's had a nice long rest. That's not going to be an excuse if the season does come back. Alex, you're up. Number three on the list should be who?
2: Well, talk to LeBron about getting tired, You know, if you're making that excuse (laughs) for James Harden. So that's a good segue to my guy, which is LeBron's (laughs) teammate, and uh, it's Anthony Davis for me. He's the guy actually at, at the top of the list. Um, and it's not because you know of a, of a giant list of stats that Micah just uh, crushed James Harden with. It's just as simple as the fact is this guy in seven seasons has made the playoffs twice and won one playoff series in his entire career. The way this guy's grandfathered every conversation as a top five player in the league. He made a top 50 players of all time list recently for ESPN, which is mind-blowing to me. I think everyone who put him in the top 50 should be stripped of any vote they have from anything going forward (laughs) in their journalistic career. I mean, this guy's won two, made the playoffs twice in seven years. Like the way people talk about him, it's like he's Tim Duncan winning three titles in his first seven years. He's done nothing to merit the the perception that he has among fans in the media, and if he doesn't play really well and at least get his team to the help get his team to the finals, uh, you know, he's he's still really coming up short in my mind.
1: So I will say, when I put this list together on NBA.com, I I, I floated out to you guys, I threw the names out to you that I had, and I asked for some suggestions on who else you think I should add to this list. Anthony Davis wasn't on my original list. And I, to me, he doesn't jump out as one of the first names of guys who have the most most approve. just because ultimately, I still think this is LeBron's team for at least this season. And I think far more pressure is going to be on LeBron to the point where I feel like Anthony Davis could kind of just coast through two rounds of the playoffs and it wouldn't even matter. And I don't but wait think a second. will be because-
0: What does that mean though? Cuz LeBron is going to have LeBron's LeBron. LeBron's going to have pressure every year. Like it's if LeBron doesn't win a championship we're killing him. It, you, he that's the level of pressure that LeBron is at whether he's in the first seed or 8th seed because he's in the conversation of beating the greatest player to ever step on the floor. So I don't I don't agree with the fact that LeBron's going to have all the pressure. He has all the pressure no matter what. I agree with Alex and that Anthony Davis is stone cold lock for the third guy on this list because of all the things that he mentioned. Uh, you know, we have Anthony Davis at such we hold him at such a high regard, and he's won one playoff series the entire time. And you can make an argument that Drew Holiday was just as good as he was in that series.
1: Look, I, I, Drew was a monster in that series. And when you you look at a Portland Trail Blazers team that is built around two guards, his defense on Damian Lillard completely changed that series. Let's not undersell how good Anthony Davis has played in the playoffs, though. I'm not stats wise. I mean, through I'm those through. through what, what do you mean, no? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not underselling
0: it. I'm look, just saying oh, okay, that okay. He, that he the Drew Holiday was as really as important as sure. he was. You know, Anthony Davis. We saw Anthony Davis put up numbers in the playoffs and get swept. That, that Drew Holiday was the guy the that Warriors. was able to help that.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah sure. The That's fair.
0: We just killed James Harden for that. But yeah, I'm saying that, that but we're, also, we're giving him credit. He, we're giving him credit, all this credit in the world. Remember, the only reason why he played the Warriors that year is because his team was an eighth seed. Like, he, he, he's never gotten his team above the watermark that they were supposed to be at. Like, he, they, they scraped into the playoffs. What, what if Zion's able to get to the Pelicans to the eighth seed this year? All of a sudden, he's a top 50
3: player in the world of all time. <laughs> like, knock it off. Only yeah, in he, he's a, he's already a top fifty player in the world. What? What? <laughs> I I think I the, the one of the reasons I did not have Anthony Davis higher on this list. I, look, I agree with you. It's a little if he, if if Anthony Davis had his own team right now, he he might be number one on this list. Like if he was still in New Orleans, then we we would need to have a serious conversation about whether or not he could ever win. But like he's with LeBron, he's on a great team. They're they're gonna they're gonna win. Like they're not gonna lose in the first round. If they do, then yeah, like it's DefCon Four. Uh, to me, it's like it's impossible to undersell how awesome he's been in the play. Like, not just like it's not just that he's been great; he has been historic. The two times he's been to the playoffs, the only guy in NBA history to average more points per game than him in the playoffs is Michael Jordan. He averaged 12.7 rebounds. That's more than Shaq, Duncan, Hakeem, Robinson, Kevin Garnett, and Carvalho. His two and a half blocks a game. More than Duncan, more than Mourning, more than Ewing. It's the same as David Robinson. He averages more steals than Kawhi, Hakeem, and Draymond in the same number as LeBron. In the box score, Anthony Davis has been absolutely unreal in the playoffs. I think his him coming up short has far more to do is a product of the teams that he's been on, which I understand, I get, like that's part of his responsibility is to elevate those teams uh, to somewhere beyond uh, either barely making the playoffs or, or, winning once. But like, I don't know. And, and even if they do come up short this year, won't it be kind of like how in 2011, Chris Bosch got a lot of crap when they lose in 2011. And it was that second year where now, okay, all of a sudden the pressure is on. I don't think for the next like two months, this is when, like Anthony Davis's postseason legacy is going to be sealed, one way or the other.
0: But the reason why Chris Bosh got the the the, the for losing at that time is because Dwayne Wade had already won. Like Dwayne Wade doesn't hadn't hadn't had a ring at that point, it, the flack would have been on Dwayne Wade. So we've seen Dwayne Wade elevate. We haven't seen Anthony Davis elevate in deep into the playoffs. It's nice that you put up those 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 stats. In the first round, and all those guys that you mentioned, the only two of them don't have rings. Carl Malone and and Patrick Ewing. All those other guys did great things in the playoffs and were able to cap it with a ring. If the Lakers do not win this year, it's probably going to be because Anthony Davis wasn't able to elevate at the point. Because we've seen LeBron James do it, he has championships, and he was able to win with lesser talent than Anthony Davis standing by his side. This is the best player LeBron James has ever played alongside. And in the prime of his career, Anthony Davis is a stone-cold lock for
1: third on this list, in my opinion. I I will say this, by the way. See, I'm I'm more on side, whereas I don't think that he has as much to prove as other guys on this list. However... His time in these playoffs will definitely come because if they are going to beat the Clippers in a Western Conference Finals, assuming they do meet, I think he's going to be the biggest deciding factor in that series because the Clippers don't have anyone who can match up with him. And in that situation, they would need him to step up in a a big way. I just don't think he needs... No one in the league has anyone that can match up with him
0: when you're giving me the numbers that he's put up. Only the Michael Jordan scored more in the playoffs
1: and he has all these blocks. No one has anybody that can match up with him
0: in the league.
1: Yeah, but the difference is that other teams have no answer for LeBron James, and then when you face, when you look at the Clippers, who have Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, and Marcus Morris, who are three of probably the best LeBron defenders in the league, there's going to be that's a lot for LeBron to get through. And when you look at that, they have no answer for Anthony Davis. That's a series where they're going to need him to step up big and perhaps be even better than LeBron. That's, that was the, my point.
3: I, one of the things that I think will be will be fascinating to watch is not only like what Anthony Davis does alongside LeBron. I, I'm already fascinated and, and this I it's jogging my memory because of just like watching what's happening with Kyrie Irving and a complete inability to do anything without LeBron there. Like I'm I'm already fascinated by what the hell happens with Anthony Davis when he's not teammates with LeBron. Does he go back to making one playoff appearance in seven years and, and getting out of the first round once? Can he ever win? Like I he's a, I think he's just like like big man Kyrie Irving on absolute freaking steroids. But I but but I like I don't know. Are we going to learn that much about Anthony Davis in the next three? Even if they win the title, are we going to really? Are you really going to have a different opinion about Anthony Davis two and a half months from now than you do right now? Regardless of what happens, Pro- yes.
2: probably not. And, and to your point that you guys have said, uh, you all have kind of mentioned on this. There, there's a difference between having the most to prove or can prove the most. So in my mind, I think he has the most to prove out of all these guys, having only made the playoffs twice in seven years. And it's not just about what he's done in the play, in the playoffs. Sure, he's played 13 games and played well, but like get those stats out of here. It's 13 games. But it's more, it's it's about that he hasn't gotten there in seven years, but he cannot prove that much because of what you guys have already said, because it's he's got LeBron on his team and it's only really going to matter... His performance is only going to really matter in the Western Conference Finals and past that. So no matter what he does, it's not going to change his legacy one way or another. So he can't really prove that much. But I think he has the most to prove in his career.
0: Yeah. I don't, think it, I don't think it will change. You're right. It, it, I'm not going to change my opinion on what I think Anthony Davis is right now, but when you have the conversation around Anthony Davis, he kind of gets looped into these all-time greats and hasn't done anything yet. And that's my problem with it. And I think that in this playoffs, he can certainly prove it. And by the way, don't forget, he definitely cried his way out of New Orleans to put himself in a position to win championships. He didn't put himself in a position to just win a round in the playoffs. He cried himself out of New Orleans to be alongside LeBron James because he wanted to win rings so now you got to back that up
3: i am i he he is the luckiest guy in the world that they don't have to play my guy or will likely not have to play my guy zion in the first round because man we're not doing Anthony, this man because man I they might lose one game again Anthony we're not Anthony doing this. Is going back to new orleans i'm just saying i'm just saying <laughs>
1: we're not doing this scott you're up yeah i'm, I'm we're done with that um The guy in fourth place, I actually had him ahead of Harden, Anthony Davis. It's Ben Simmons. Um, After the way that he played... Ahead of Harden? Yeah, ahead of Harden. Um, Based on the way that he played in the playoffs last year. Here's a couple numbers for you guys. So Ben Simmons... Ben Simmons' usage rate in the regular season last year was 22.1%, right? In the first round, that dropped to 19.4%. In the second round against the Raptors, it fell even further to 14.9%. Do you want to know three guys who have a usage rate of 14.9% in the league this season? Go for it. Langston Galloway, <laughs> Josh Hart, and Juancho Hernan Gomez. Juancho. <laughs> <laughs> furthermore, well, and, and that's the thing. I, that alone, he just did not play well in that second round against the Raptors last year. And there's to me, there's just even more pressure on him now because Jimmy Butler is no longer on this team. So they can no longer put the ball in his hands when the offense is struggling and ideally, Simmons would be that guy because he's the best playmaker in the backcourt on that team. Um, Micah, you wrote a ton about this in the offseason, especially when he signed that extension, about just how terrible, not even in that series against the Raptors, specifically how poor he was in the clutch and how his usage rating fell even further in those situations. The worrying sign to me is his usage rate in the clutch is even lower this season than it was last regular season. Um, and and that, that terrifies me because... Ultimately, for the Philadelphia 76ers to make any noise in the playoffs, have an extended run, it's not like they need him to be Kawhi Leonard and every single time down the court, the ball in his hands and he needs to make a play because they have a Joel Embiid, they have a Tobias Harris, and they have an Al Horford. But for a guy at this stage in his career who just signed a five-year, 150-whatever-million-dollar contract it was, they can't afford for their guy to just fade into the background um, in the most important games in the season. Listen,
2: those...
1: Numbers that you just pulled up are nice. They're good numbers. Well
2: well done with the research. They're good numbers. What are you talking about? This guy's in his <laughs> second season in the NBA and both seasons, he's gotten his team, led his team to the second round. Okay, he has more playoff series wins than Anthony Davis. He's made the playoffs <laughs> the same amount of times as Anthony Davis. He plays and, in the East. What are we doing? But he's made the playoffs both seasons. He's made the playoffs as many times as Kemba Walker also on this list. I wish I had taken more time to prepare because I guarantee <laughs> every, guy, every guy on this list and, and what they did through two seasons of their career, I guarantee Ben Simmons has if, as much or if not more playoff series wins than any of them. And his numbers are, are great, if, his box score numbers. Yeah, if you go into the deep dive that you just did, you can point out some flaws for sure. But the guy's 23 and has been in the league two seasons. He's got his fans booing him at home. And then goes goes out and scores 31 points. I mean, this guy has gotten so much flack for just being his second year in the league. And I, I just think it's so undeserved. You got to let this guy's career 100%. develop a little bit.
0: 100%. There's at least four more names on this list that could go above Ben Simmons with, with ease. I mean, he should not be fourth on this list. That's nuts. I do agree with you in the fact that he has to find a way to contribute offensively, but let's not overlook what he does defensively. I think this season, people are only starting to realize how good he's been on the defensive end. And I can't remember one of us—I think it was you, Micah—that brought up uh, what he did against Kawhi Leonard last year in in the postseason. What and in that Game Seven when when Kawhi Leonard was going crazy and had forty-one points just to scrape by that you know Sixers team. That one shot has made no team has suffered more or had, had has had a bigger turnaround more than the Philadelphia Sixers probably in NBA history than them from losing by one four bounce shot. I mean, if that shot misses, there's a chance that they get past that team, and we're looking completely different at Ben Simmons. We're saying, oh, Ben Simmons did a great job of locking down Kawhi Leonard, who was going bonkers. Like, this is, yeah, there's four names on this list easily. Probably the rest of the list could go above Ben Simmons. Oh, you're, stop. You're wild here. Oh, stop.
3: Here's last what, on my what, list. Uh, one of the things that I think is really interesting about Ben Simmons, and we talk about that shot, I think we, we were talking about this the other day about. Sort of like, what if what if Kawhi had missed, right? And so you fast forward like a month after that and like Fred Van Fleet's like a guy that's getting like finals MVP votes and people think of him as like this like amazing like bench guard who they just can't wait to get his own team. That guy, that game, he was maybe the worst player in the entire league in the playoffs uh, up through that second point. There was plenty of time for Ben Simmons to turn it around. I cannot believe that I'm saying this because I have been killing Ben Simmons for like a year now, and I and I'm starting to come around. Like, what we we do this thing I think sometimes where we want we see the best version of someone, and then we get really pissed off when the best version of someone doesn't just happen overnight and isn't just like slapping us in the face, like, "Hey, I'm here." Uh, I, I think that for me, it's like, like, yes, Ben Simmons like needs to learn how to shoot a basketball and he le- he needs to learn to like have a higher usage rate than Mike Scott uh, and not be seventh on his team uh, in, in the most important moments sitting there hiding in the dunker spot. But, yeah, Carlin, you mentioned that game against Kawh- uh, Kawhi in game seven. Ben Simmons held him to two of eleven shooting. Uh, in that game. And that's no fluke. Like there's all these tracking numbers that suggest that like Ben Simmons more than any player in the entire league, like guards other number one options. He spends more time guarding all stars than anybody. Uh, and it's funny, like watching, watching back, uh, the last dance, like I kind of think Ben Simmons is, has a lot of Scottie Pippen in him. In the sense that, like, yeah, he's not going to go out there and score 25 points a game, but, like, he could probably guard 90% of the guys in the league. He's a perfect second fiddle. And, look, like, not everyone is meant to be Batman, and Ben Simmons might not ever be Batman. And I think we just, like, we got to be okay with that. And uh, I, I don't know. I think that I've been someone that's been too hard on Ben Simmons.
1: Yeah, I can't believe you're defending him the way that you are right now. I can't either. This this is shocking. This This is is like a This is like a therapy.
3: It's a therapy session.
1: (laughs) I I was
0: like months ago. We were talking about, oh, they should trade Ben Simmons. Where do you guys still sit on that? No, I might have put him off a little bit on that. Yeah, I'm always on the fence, on the side of keep him. Like it'd be silly to trade a guy Uh... that as good as he is, just because he can't hit the three. Okay, I, I think that's putting it a little too simply, but but that's fine. It comes down to, comes down to the simplest form. Uh, sure. All right, I'm up number five. I can't, I still can't believe Ben Simmons is four on this list. Uh, I was tossing up uh, for this one two names. It, it was between for me, Kemba Walker and Jimmy Butler, uh, from the remaining guys on this list. I think I'm leaning more towards Kemba Walker here, just because in he's never been in a playoff series or a playoff situation where he's had. To really prove anything, and now he's going to go right into the, to the fire. Like this is his, this is his time. He left Charlotte, not only you know because he could have made a lot more money in Charlotte. He left Charlotte to win. He left Charlotte to participate and be a part of the postseason. He left Charlotte to go to Boston, a good team to contribute to their winning. And I think that he has a lot to prove when it comes to the postseason. We know about him as a borderline all star and and every and every other thing. And he almost ended up being a max super max player. I don't think I don't think that he could get away with having a bad playoff series uh, or a bad postseason run with the uh, Celtics. It, I mean, I don't think he's going to be the the reason why they win anything, but I think he he could be the reason why they lose playoff series if he doesn't show up.
3: Yeah, I'm with you. I mean it it helps having it helps it helps having a better teammate than like Nick Batum and Wash Dwight Howard. <laughs>
0: yeah, no doubt, no doubt, but. He still needs to prove to everybody that you know he is. Is I mean, you t- you asked the the general public, Kemba Walker is held with hard, high regard, but we we haven't been able to see that with a spotlight on in the playoffs.
2: Yeah, that's that's my thing. That's why I also had him high up on the list is because his perception by the public is very high. He's All Star starter, and this is another guy who's only made the playoffs twice in eight seasons. I mean, it, the way he's talked about, it, you'd think he was a perennial playoff contender and he's made it twice in his entire career. I know he's had poor talent around him, but still, I mean, if you're at all star starter level, you're willing to your team to the playoffs in the East. I mean, go five hundred and make the playoffs. And the last time he was in the playoffs in 2015, 16, he shot 37% in a seven game series and his numbers were down across the board. So this guy hasn't done hasn't sniffed any sort of playoff success and needs to do it to to warrant his perception around the league.
3: Does, does Kimba get a little bit of a free pass when it comes to that stuff because of winning a title in college and the way that he did? Like if 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 he was not Kimba Walker from UConn that single-handedly went through the NCAA tournament and won a title and he was just like... And he came from Weber State like Damian Willard did and but had the exact same career. Do you think we'd think
2: of him different? I would go as far as to say I don't even think he'd be on the Celtics right now. I think his, his perception... I know this is, so, this is a ridiculous thing to say, <laughs> but I, I think you're so right in that his perception as a player has been elevated so highly because of that title and because he's had decent numbers in his NBA career that he's thought around the league as, as so much more effective and so much more of an impact on winning than he actually has. And I don't think the Celtics would have even signed him to be their, to be their star starting point guard. I, I know it sounds ridiculous, but I, I honestly believe it.
0: Yes. See, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't know if I go that far. Like that's, I think that's a little too far. I think, I think two things helped Kemba. Is one, he was, he was, he was a great player on a bad team. So you know he he was always the face of the Hornets franchise. I mean he holds all the records. Like he, he broke all the records for for the for the Hornets franchise in terms of scoring and everything else. They haven't had the longest history, but he's going to be going down when he retires the best player in the franchise history. He's getting his jersey retired there. He's getting everything there. But the the bar was very low there, so he he gets elevated a little higher in the general public's eyes by being there. And also he's just a nice guy. Like <laughs> you can't from 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 seeing seeing people talk about him seeing teammates kind of interact with him he's a nice guy and nice guys kind of get elevated a little bit more especially for us in the media when they get a good quote from him he's very respectful he's if he had had the Russell Westbrook attitude you know they would chase this guy out, out from being all-star he wouldn't he wouldn't even be he'd be a fringe all-star he wouldn't be starting in an all-star game he's a nice guy he was what he's gonna go down as a franchise best. Uh, you know, of all time. He's getting, he's going to get love in Charlotte for the rest of his career.
3: I think that has more to do with it than just the college win. One thing I think we got to do here, just to be fair, we're going to kill James Harden for coming up short in a big spot. We got to kill Kimba Walker, too. Uh, so that game, they, they went to a game seven in one of those first round series back in 2016 against the Miami Heat. They were up 3 2. They got a chance to win game six. They lose. Kimba's great, but they lose. Game seven, the Hornets get clobbered by thirty-three. Kimba shoots three of sixteen and has nine points. Not a good look for. A I game didn't know seven. it
2: was that bad. That's a, that's almost on par with Harden.
3: You yeah, guys are ridiculous. That might, that might be worse. You guys are ridiculous. Why, is that, why is that ridiculous? I'm sorry. Is this a participation <laughs> award? Were you? This is not the YMCA, Scott. It's the this National Basketball Association. You're going to be a franchise player, greatest player of all time. How about show up in a big spot once or twice? Huh? This is
1: ridiculous. Kemba Walker was last on my list, and I didn't even want to put him on my list. I had Jason Tatum instead because this is Jason Tatum's team. He was incredible in the playoffs as a rookie. He was terrible in the second year. I want to see what the real Jason Tatum is capable of doing with on a team when it's himself. Look. Kemba Walker was miscast as the number one option on the Hornets. The guy was never meant to be a number one option on like a playoff team or a contending team. So now he's the second or third option on a team, which is perfectly suited for him. I I really don't think there's as much pressure as you guys are putting on him. And also, sorry for a guy who struggled to score in games in his first really important game of his career, who also, by the way, is a six-foot guard who is really, it's really hard to score for those guys in the NBA when all the attention is on them. Like, so you're saying a
2: 21-year-old old who's been in the league for three seasons has more to prove than a 30-year-old guy who's made the playoffs twice in eight seasons but has made four All-Star games, has been an All-Star starter, and is, is constantly talked about as one of the best players in the, in the conference?
1: Yeah, look, look, I don't think he's constantly talked about as one of the best players in the league. And a big reason why he was an All-Star in the Eastern Conference is because the guard spot on the Eastern Conference All-Star list is not that great. I don't look at Kemba Walker as this like super duper star that you guys are kind of making him out to be or like the way that he's talked about. To me, he's he's a borderline all-star, a really good player. And a guy who can start on a contending team like the Celtics, but I don't think like he's gonna make or break a Celtics run.
0: Didn't say For he was run. going to make it. He didn't say he was gonna break it, but he can definitely make it. Like he's he is a right. second option, no question about it. They're not gonna win a championship because Kemba Walker is great, but they can certainly lose in a playoff series if he's bad or if he has if he has those numbers that Michael just brought up in a game seven and, and Jason Tatum is great, they're out. I'm sorry, they're not getting past not necessarily past anybody in the East.
1: That's not true. They have Jalen Brown and Gordon Haywood. Him shooting badly in a playoff game doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to lose. This team is deep.
3: So are you saying he was miscast as the number one option when really he should be a fourth option? Because you're just talking (laughs) about how he can sit here and crap the bed and it doesn't matter.
1: It, It doesn't matter as much because the whole offense doesn't revolve around him like it did in Charlotte. There's other guys who can pick up the slack, so there's not as much pressure on him. I also Sounds want
3: like- to. Cor- I also want to correct one thing. You said, uh, wh- "Why are you guys making him out to be the super duper star?" Trust me, none of us are making Kim Walker out to be a super duper <laughs> star. No,
1: the way that you're talking about him though is that like he's mentioned as like the pantheon of, of point guards in the league right now. Well, wait a second, Mister Moneybags. The dude signed a max contract. You're
0: always bringing up people's money. You're always in people's pockets. Dude signed a max contract, so we're holding to the same standard that you
1: would. Sure.
0: We're just talking about aim. Ben Simmons sounding 150. Yeah, you're getting on him for that. The Kem is probably
1: not going to have a usage rate of 12% in a, an important series in the playoffs.
0: Look, no, agree to disagree. Three for 16.
3: <laughs> agree to disagree. Let's move on. Uh, Michael, you're up next. Um. Alright, I'm pulling it up. So I think that there's a really interesting thing going on with Jimmy Butler where. People kind of cast Jimmy Butler as this, like, absolute, like, killer. Like, this dog that you want in a playoff series. Like, go go toe-to-toe with anyone. You can win with Jimmy Butler as your guy. What has Jimmy Butler ever done as the guy? I'm asking. He had had a good run with Chicago in 2015
1: when he averaged 23 points a game. uh, That 12-game playoff run. And then last year in the 76ers, he was the main reason why they pushed the Raptors to seven games. Nearly made the conference final and could have made a title run.
3: Okay, as the second best guy on a team, right? I mean, he was. Like, the best That's not player on his that team. team. He no, was the best no, he, player no, in that, no, that series. Was, he was the Sixers' yeah, best that player. Was
1: the, that became his team. I agree with you. So, that wasn't his team going into the playoffs. the The Seventy became his team at the end of that series. By the end of that series, the Sixers as, will always
3: be Joel Beats team, man. Don't do that. And as a, and as a Bulls, I'm a I'm a giant Bulls fan. Jimmy Butler played really well in that in that 2015 series against against Cleveland, which. They they came up they came a LeBron buzzer beater away from being up three one and they very easily could have won that series. I know his post post knee injury, Derrick Rose was the Bulls' best player in that series, not Jimmy Butler. So like you look at what Jimmy Butler's done as the guy, it's like uh, in Minnesota they lose in five to the Rockets in a series that he sucks. He averages like sixteen points a game. Wait, the year well, didn't before he come that back from
1: injury, he came back from
3: injury he, with that one. He's playing. Sure, but he Guy, back guys, from, come, like, guys come back from injury all the time. He came back early from
1: tearing his meniscus. If I'm not no, this it, isn't this isn't
3: NBA. This is not NBA. Sound we make excuses for everybody. system. <laughs> oh, okay? I'm sorry. For, uh, I'm sorry for providing context. I'm 20, sorry for providing context. 2017, they right. He's the best player on the Bulls team that blows a 2-0 lead uh, to the Celtics, and and he completely shuts down after after Rondo gets hurt. 2016, they they missed the playoffs. We, we talked about 2015, 2014. He loses in the first round to the wizards in a series in which Taj Gibson, uh, is Chicago's leading scorer. I'm just saying like, i I feel like Jimmy Butler, it, it like the, the way that he was like talking about the dudes in Minnesota when he quit on them. Right. And he goes into practice. He's all pissed off that he can't reach Carl Anthony towns that he can't reach Andrew Wiggins. Jimmy Butler like walking around. Like he's got like five rings on his fingers. With like, <laughs> can we make it out of the second round? He, the guy hasn't played in a conference final.
0: I'm with you on that one. That it was close between him and Kemba Walker on that, uh, and I, I agree with everything you said. I, this guy's on his fourth team now, uh, and there's a reason for that. You know, if he if he was successful, he doesn't leave. But he hasn't been successful, and 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 it, and it sort of comes out. I'm less worried about him as you know on on the floor. I'm more worried about him as a leader because every time he's been put in the leadership role, his teams have self-combusted and fallen apart and not reached the pinnacle of where they're supposed to be. They've actually underachieved. Like Towns looked like he was going to cry in that playoff series. That's Jimmy Butler's leadership. Uh, you know, Joel Embiid doesn't live up to the expectations in the playoff series except for two games. You know, and you could. I know he had some battle issues, but that's that's besides the point. He still could have brought it to the table, and he missed he missed the mark in against a couple of those games. That that's Jimmy Butler. Like there's, anytime he's been in a leadership role, his team is underachieved. And I think if he goes into this playoffs in this playoffs and they get bounced in the first round, all the work that they've done, and I know they're a young team, but all the work that they've done in the regular season kind of goes away, and they're and they're back to square one. Wait,
1: is Jimmy Butler's fault that Joel Embiid didn't play well in the second round against the Raptors? No, it's, I mean, some of that had to do with Marcus Gasol, A little bit. But I mean, nine, I think like 60% of the, it was Marc Gasol and 40% of it was uh, Joel Embiid not feeling great.
0: But if he's the leader of that team, they
1: should get as talented
0: as
3: they are, they should have got past that Raptors team. It's it's not, Fred not this, sunk. it's not even necessarily like killing Jimmy Butler. It's just like can we can we show a little bit more before we walk talk, like walk around and act like we're on the same level? Like, I, I don't know. I feel like Jimmy Butler. Uh, thinks of himself like he's on the same level as like LeBron and Kawhi and those guys when like, no dude, not, not even close. I don't know. I, I think he's also miscast uh, as a number one guy because I, he's been at his best. Uh, the the two times that he's really shown out, it was when he didn't have the pressure of being the guy. So I don't know. I, I, I do think that we're about to find out a lot about Jimmy Butler uh, here. If, if, if and when hopefully the playoffs continue. I don't know. I just I have some I just have some questions about Jimmy Butler as a lead guy. That's all. I don't know though cuz I feel like the
1: 76ers traded for Jimmy Butler to be the closer, right? So in that regard, there was pressure on him and he did step up in the Raptors series. That that would be my argument against that.
0: They also traded for him to be the leader of that team and the minute that he left, he crushed the team for whatever was going on in there. Like you dude, you were part of being that leader to kind of fix the issues that they had and he kind of made them worse while, while he was there.
1: I guess the thing for me is that like I, I don't, I guess I don't just have big expectations for the Heat in the playoffs this season. I don't put them at the same level as the Bucks, uh, maybe even the Raptors and the Celtics. So for me, that takes some of the pressure away from him because I can imagine him having, like if they do add someone in the off season to this team, they're gonna be more competitive next season and then, then I think there'll be more pressure on Jimmy Butler. That's fair. Uh. Like also
2: I love getting the uh getting the cameo here from from Micah's, uh daughter Gracie. This is what happens when we're uh, on isolation trying to do a podcast <laughs> but uh I, I, <laughs> the the
3: door the door the door opened and there was a 2-year-old jumping up and down yelling daddy. I thought she was about to come steal steal the headphones and jump on the pod.
2: She still yeah, might by so. the way. So it's probably some third offer than me right now but uh I'm going to go uh of, of all the guys <laughs> that we have left on the list, um, to me, the only one that's even has anything to prove, in my opinion, is is Paul George. Uh, he He's a guy that he hasn't gotten out of the first round since 2013-14, okay? He, and 2013-14 is when he finally announced himself as a star in this league, um, a star that I think has been elevated a little bit too highly in a lot of people's minds. But since that year when he's been a guy, the guy type guy he has not gotten out of the first round of the playoffs and he has not played well in the playoffs. He's shot pretty inefficiently I know he was hurt last year but he was not good. Um, so now he's going to have a lot of eyes on him he's probably going to get to the Western Conference Finals if this playoffs uh, get started and and if he doesn't perform well I think the narrative on him is going to flip cr- pl- pretty quickly
0: I uh, he, I think he's Appropriately placed right there at seven on this list. I, I don't think I could have had him in the top five. I think he's appropriately placed. I might have, I might have put Ben Simmons behind him. Uh, ben Simmons might be a little too high, but you're right. Uh, everything you said. The one thing I would say though about Paul George and to give him some some sort of bail here is one we saw him as the guy, and he went toe to toe with a really tough Heat team, and you you'd be struggling to to think of who else was on that team beside him. And he really carried them, uh, you know, through the Eastern Conference playoffs. And he wasn't Paul George yet. Gets through the injury, uh, and then and then comes back and still plays at a high level. Last season, dude was third in MVP voting and backed that up in the playoffs with two sh- broken shoulders. Like, I mean, I I'm giving Paul George uh, a little bit of the benefit of the doubt for what he's done in the past, and now the fact that he does not have to be the man. Uh, he's going. He's playing against, you know, arguably the best player in the playing alongside. Sorry, the arguably the best player in the league. He's on a really good team. Sometimes he I, on this Clipper team. There's going to be times in the playoffs where he's probably going to be the fourth best player on the team, and they're still going to win. I just don't think I, I, I put too much pressure on him because uh, I've seen him perform at a high level.
2: Don't do David West like that, though.
1: You, you can't. They were a good team. Yeah, those Pacers teams were good, man. Yeah, he, those Pacers teams were good. George yeah, Hill, you, Roy Hibbert. Roy Hibbert was good back then too. I know he's like a punching bag at this. Point. Listen to West. what You guys are bringing up though. Like, come on. Yeah, but like, are that, we was good, right now? that was a
0: good.
1: That was a good. I, I love team. David West. But we're talking about we're we're talking
0: about a Heat team that had three Hall of Famers on it. David West, David West, Roy Hibbert, and George Hill. What are
3: we doing here? And Paul George was a, a baby one, at that time. One thing I do want to say about Paul George because I, I I think that you're the kind of both things can be true, right? Like he hasn't been out of the first round since 2014. But, like, he also, like, went toe-to-toe with LeBron. He's got some bad marks on him, though. So, 2017, game one against the Cavs. C.J. Miles takes the last shot at the end. Paul George afterwards says, quote, in situations like that, I got to get the last shot. Care to know what Paul George is for his career on game-tying or go-ahead shots in the final 10 seconds prior to going to Oklahoma City? Care to guess,
1: anyone? It's it's something like 2 for 18. I I can't remember exactly.
3: 2, two for 29. <laughs> okay? Talk about like it's the whole Jimmy Butler thing, right? Where it's like if you're going to talk like that, at least be somebody that like has the accolades to back it up. And like I don't know. So I I just wanted to throw that one little caveat out there. And, and by the way also 2018 uh when they got bounced by the Jazz, Paul George was he was off he was 2 for 16. Uh, in game six of that game, we're going to throw James Harden under the bus. We're going to throw Kimball Walker under the bus. We got to throw Paul George under the bus, too. So, the dude, the dude, I, the dude dude I don't know. literally
0: I, had surgery to repair both his shoulders like minutes after two, the game was, no, 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 was on the op- no, no, not
3: 2018. What are you?
0: Oh, uh, Okay.
3: There you go. What's the excuse for that one? Yeah,
0: you
1: <laughs> <he> sucked. <laughs> <laughs> Colin,
3: Colin, I liked how you said you
1: you wouldn't have him on your top five of my list because I had him fourth on my list. And that's insane. even ex- why. It even extends beyond the reason that you guys have mentioned. Um, the big thing for me is that the Clippers traded for Paul George to basically be the Scottie Pippen to Kawhi Leonard's Michael Jordan. And the amount of stuff they gave up for him, granted, it's a, there's a little bit of a caveat to it because had they not given as much up as they had, they might not have gotten Kawhi Leonard. So it's almost like they paid this price for both of them. But at the same time, they did give up four unprotected first-round picks, one protected first-round pick, and then two pick swaps to get Paul George. Now, he's dealt with injuries all season long, coming back from that shoulder surgery and everything like that. However, we do have expectations for this Clippers team to compete this season, right? So for me, there is a lot of pressure on him because at at some point, they're going to need him to step up and be the number two to Kawhi Leonard that they were expecting to when they traded I mean, that's a a great point, Scott. I I didn't even think of that
2: when I was bringing this up before, but... I mean, if if you're a Clippers fan right now, you probably you might be wishing that you still had Shea Gillis Alexander on your team. And that guys that guy's a future All Star for sure, and all the picks you just mentioned, and Danilo Gallinari. I mean, you might be, be the Clippers might be better if they didn't make that trade this year. In all honesty, forget the picks. So if if uh, Paul George doesn't come through in a big way in the playoffs, it's it's going to look even worse because of that.
1: Wait, does that mean we're moving <laughs> up on this list? I think or he's all right where he is, but. I'm trying to give you some credit here. Come on. <laughs> I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I appreciate it.
0: I think he's right where he should be. I don't I don't like there's the, the guys that we have above him other than Ben Simmons are, you know, should be above him for a reason. They haven't done anything in the in the playoffs worth anything. Like Paul George, I did sev- he's 7th on this list. He's the only guy that's been other than James Harden. He's the only guy that's been to the conference finals.
1: Yeah, and sorry. in a week is the Eastern Conference. Oh, CP3.
0: So. We, he's not on, oh, he's okay. not on the that uh, list yet. That we've already said. He could be on the list right now. Scott, Scott, you're up. Yeah, Scott, you're up. All right. There's three look, names left, by the way. Giannis Antetokounmpo, uh, Nikola Jokic, and Chris Paul. And
1: Chris look, I, I hate the rings over everything crowd. I really Let's do. Go. But I do think there is a little bit of pressure on Giannis Antetokounmpo in these playoffs. Mostly because, one, the Bucks have been really good the last couple of years, and at this point they've been talked about as the best team in the league, and if they are the best team in the league, they need to win a championship or compete for a championship, and a lot of that comes down to him. Another part of it is that I, I kind of feel like the crown for the best player in the league is up for grabs, and Giannis has proven over the last couple of years that he's been the best player in the regular season, especially best two-way player. Um, he's absolutely incredible. But I think until he does win that championship or at least lead the Bucs to the finals and, and step his game up and everything, I, I don't know if people are going to put him in that same conversation necessarily as LeBron and Kawhi Leonard, especially if they fall short again this year. He's 25. He's 25 years old. Okay. What are we but doing? We're talking, but we're talking about him as being the best player in the league. At some point, if that's the conversation, like he's going to have to do it in the playoffs. Do you not yeah, agree
3: with that? Not in June of 2020. Like it's yeah. At some point he's got to win, but you know what? Like LeBron didn't win till he was what thirty. What did I don't think Jordan won till he was thirty. Okay, but he's still been. He's been the best. At at the exact same, he's the exact same age that Michael Jordan was. At which point Jordan hadn't been out of the first round except once. Okay, Okay. I'm not. I'm not comparing you all this. Why I'm not comparing him to
1: Jordan. I'm not comparing him to Jordan or LeBron. All I'm saying is that the Bucks have been the two best teams in the league the last two seasons. They've been the championship favorites. Okay. And if they're going to win the championship and actually live up to those expectations, Giannis needs to lead their team to that stage. So in agree. that regard, okay. I think there's some pressure on him.
0: I agree with both no, of you, no, no. but I just want to hear, my, what's the beef? He's at eight. Wow, <laughs> How much lower yeah. do you want him on the list?
3: I, I didn't put him at number one. What, like, I just said, I, all I'm saying, look... You can't say you're not comparing him to Michael Jordan when you just said there's a conversation about who there's a conversation right now about who's the best guy in the league. Right. And so we're putting Giannis in, and he's right there. Right. He's with LeBron. He's with Kawhi. He's with James Harden. He's with whoever the hell else you want to throw in there. He's at he's at the exact same point that Michael Jordan was in 1988. You should maybe go watch the last dance. Learn your history a little bit before you throw out these little narratives and say, well, I'm not comparing him to so-and-so. That's exactly what you're doing. I'm not.
1: not, I didn't mention Jordan's name once. I'm just saying that a guy who's going to win two MVP awards by his 25th birthday is considered to be one of the best players in the league. And let's be honest, doesn't really have a signature playoff moment to this point. I think there's a little bit of a spotlight on him to live up to and lead the Bucs to the finals, especially with the way that their season ended last year.
0: There's definitely pressure on him, and he's. I think he's appropriately placed at the bottom of the list, just because we should give him some credit for what he's done uh, and everything else. Honestly, you know, if 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 Chris Middleton was available for us, that's the guy that I think I would replace Correct. Giannis with. He's 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 the guy that you know has the pressure heading into this playoffs for me because I, I think I know what Giannis is going to bring to the table. Uh, the other the other thing is 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 this uh, you know, you you spent. I don't really care about Giannis to be honest with you. You spent <laughs> three days talking about how Nikola Jokic should have been one of the most, and then you don't even pick him. You had you had two opportunities to pick him. You picked Ben Simmons and Giannis,
1: and you spent three days
0: talking about how Nikola Jokic has the most to prove in the playoffs.
1: Colin, you want to know why? Because I had Ben Simmons and Giannis. I had him on my list, and I had Jokic at number five.
2: Scott, Scott, you you I, since you're taking a beating, a I'm gonna man. I'm gonna throw you a life preserver here. The 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 best argument you had. Against uh, Giannis, having a lot to prove. You wrote about it on NBA.com, but you didn't say on this podcast today, is how poorly he played in the Western Conference Finals last year, starting with game three. So he, I mean, he straight up tanked like, and got a free pass for it. I, I'm sure you have the numbers. I have numbers in front of me from your article, but I'll let, I'll let you run with them because it's I your do. thing. But that's what he, he deserves. He has to make up for and has something to prove coming off of his performance last year
1: right so from game three onwards which is the four straight games that the raptors won Giannis averaged 20 and points 12 and rebounds five and a half assists and 2.8 blocks great all round stats but he shot 43.5 percent from the field and 47.2 percent from the free throw line so that's from game three onwards and i mean we, we've okay now now mike i'll do this for you when we talk about guys like Michael Jordan and LeBron James and everything like that, right? They always yeah. have this like one team or one thing that they need to beat. So for Jordan, it was the Detroit Pistons. For LeBron James, it was figuring out a way to beat the Spurs and can he develop a good enough jump shot because teams are just going to back off at him. Well, it's like... the
3: Celtics, but you could be wrong. <laughs> Keep on.
1: Sure, whatever. Um, <laughs> For Giannis, after the way that the Raptors defended him last year, there's almost like this blueprint on how to not necessarily shut him down because he's he's graduated to a point where you can't shut a guy like him down, but if you can make him less efficient than he is, perhaps you have a chance to win. So I think in that regard, he has something to prove to be able to beat that scheme. Um, and again, the Raptors aren't going to be able to do that because they don't have Kawhi Leonard anymore and he can't defend him in a series. But if they play like a Philadelphia Seventy Sixes who match up with them pretty well or, you know, a Boston Celtics team that, that has a bunch of long guys that they can throw at him, um, he might kind of see the same defensive scheme and he needs to prove that he can beat it.
2: Yeah, I mean, you you also said this in your article, but in game... Th- so they're up 2-0 in the driver's seat. Game three, he scores 12 points on 5-16 shooting from the field and they, they lose and that's the first of four straight games they lose. So... Yeah, I mean, and, and, and it's because of the scheme that you're talking about. So I think that that casts a little bit of doubt on his potential playoff ceiling. And he's got to prove those doubters wrong. So I think eighth on the list is fine.
0: I think it's perfect. I, I think he fouled out in that game as well, right? Like he, he, yeah, he did. He, he, he fouled out in that. Uh, so the the lists Turn the ball over eight times. Yeah, he was pretty bad. The list is as follows: Russell Westbrook at number one, James Harden two, Anthony Davis three, Ben Simmons surprisingly at four, Kemba Walker at five, Jimmy Butler at six, Paul George at uh, seven, and Giannis Antetokounmpo at eight. Left off the list were Nikola Jokic and Chris Paul. I think for obvious reasons. I don't. I don't, I don't really have any beef with the fact that they were left off. Do you guys? Do, do you guys have any beef with? Uh, would you replace any anyone on the list with any of the two that we left off?
1: Yeah, I'm putting Jokic. At I, a- I mean, Chris Paul is a- Go ahead. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, you, can get, you can get to Jokic. You, you,
2: you crush these young guys, man. you got to <laughs> give these young guys a break. But Chris Paul, obviously, everyone is always going to hate on because he doesn't have the ring. Um, so, yeah, of course, he, he's probably the, the reverse of Anthony Davis where he can prove the most in this playoff. If he somehow led OKC to even like the Western Conference Finals or to a ring, he could pretend, potentially prove the most out of anyone um but he's been so good in his career he, he's the the thunder is so much better than most people not me but most people expecting them to be this year that uh i think he gets a pass for the most part in these playoffs cp3
0: alex might need tommy john after patting himself on the back there on that uh, <laughs> <laughs> not, not last take uh all right wild cards let's run around quickly and, and, and drop some wild cards who wants to go first Alright, don't run out all at once.
3: No, can we can we put some pressure on Rudy Gobert's name? Is that your wild card? Rudy Gobert's my wild card. Because right. I, I think that we're at a real uh kind of important point here where look, I no one's he doesn't have the game that he's gonna go out there and anyone's gonna expect him to carry a team in a series or score twenty-five or twenty or whatever. Like that like that's Donovan Mitchell's job. But I do think we're at a point where like if Rudy Gobert can't completely control a game or a series defensively, uh, then, like, why are we kind of building a team around him as a foundational piece? I think Gobert is kind of in a weird, like, I'm not going to say he's going to be Roy Hibbert and, like, out of the league in two or three years uh, because he's just, he's, I won't do it. That's disrespectful. He's a two-time defensive player of the year. But I I just, I don't know. We're at a weird point where I'm starting to wonder and question just, like, how valuable someone like Rudy Gobert is uh, when the ultimate goal is to win big in the playoffs. It's good one. Not mad at it. I,
2: I, I'm just happy. I'm just happy you didn't go the uh, the COVID route with uh, Rudy Gobert. I, I, I was about to. I was about to jump on you, but
1: but you, you handled it.
3: I'm a family man. I've softened up here in the last two months. <laughs> go ahead, Scott. You're next.
1: Oh, I'm next. Um, this is a good. This is good because uh, Alex can follow up and get really mad about me for for picking this guy um Pascal Siakam <laughs> made my initial list. Hey, another young guy you guys can crush me about. um But just to me, he struggled this season to kind of elevate his game to the same level <laughs> as other stars in head to head matchups. So for me, if the Raptors are going to make another run, n- maybe not to the finals. I don't expect them to go to the finals, but the Eastern Conference finals, they're going to need Pascal Siakam to be the best player on the court for at least two series. And he's going to have to go head to head against guys like Jason Tatum, Joel Embiid, Ben Simmons, and Jimmy Butler. So in that regard, I do think he has a spotlight on him. Man, n- Pascal Siakam has not
2: a single thing to prove to anybody in the entire country or Cameroon, except for, except for the three guys on this podcast. Those, <laughs> and, and maybe like one or two Raptors media members also. He, this guy has done surpassed expectations by so much that anyone could possibly have dreamed of. And you guys have him under this microscope holding him up to be the next you know, Kawhi Leonard of the Raptors. He, he's not that guy. He may never be that guy, but no one's ever expected him to be that guy. And we need to give him a break and give him credit for becoming an all-star starter this year. And he's only 27 years old and been playing basketball for eight years. Wait a second. Give the guy a break, please. Wait a second.
1: We Not long ago on NBA.com, we did a ranking of who the best players in the league are right now. I think we did the top 20. I can't remember exactly what happened. I wanna say that the three of us ranked him a little bit lower, like 13th best player in the league or something like that. Whereas a lot of our other coworkers ranked him top 10, 9, 8, and things like that. So if we are gonna talk about him as like a top 10
3: player, I think he's gonna to have to be the best player on the court in at least one or two series. I think that's fair. I, I agree with I agree with Scott here. I'm not gonna let Scott uh, be this be the lone uh, the lone man punching bag here. I think in that, I I'm pretty sure I was somebody that put Siakam like eighth or ninth. And within two or three weeks of that, <laughs> within two or three weeks of that, I was having serious buyer's remorse. Go look at what that guy has done against good teams the entire season. He, he really hasn't had one good game. Like, so look, I, I, he is an all-star starter. It's an amazing story. No one thought he would ever get there. And it's, it's amazing. But like, sorry, that comes with the territory. We're going to talk about you like a top 10 guy. You're going to earn that right. You got to back that part up too, right?
0: I'm actually going to walk back. I'm going to walk back uh, some of the things I've said over the last uh, couple of months about Siakam and 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 expecting him to play at a certain level in the playoffs. I don't like it, if they get swept in the first round. He has a bad playoff series. It, it's his first time going through it as the guy, and you know I'm not going to crush him for it. It's fine. You know I'm walking it back. I'm softening up on my uh, my my hard Siakam take from the the year past.
1: So so you were prepared to put Luka Doncic on this list, who's, who's I didn't, no, his? I was
0: not prepared. I just mentioned him as a name I was, okay. I was looking still, for He it. still has his wild card. He he still might. Yeah, yeah, you never know. Uh go ahead, Alex. What you got?
2: Uh so I'm gonna kinda go a little bit off the board here. I'm gonna go with Gordon Hayward. Not that he's on the minds of that many guys, but this is this is a player whose reputation has taken such a hit over the last couple of years uh, after the injury and People were writing him off as even like like a role player in the NBA or a starting caliber player in the NBA. He's had a really good bounce back season. And I think everything we've just talked about, the other Celtics guys like Kemba not, maybe not being a number one option, Tatum and Brown being young, he actually has a chance to take a real leadership role in this team and get back to the point where in 2017 for the Jazz, when the Jazz got, got to the second round, he averaged 24 points a game, six rebounds, th- Three assists. I mean, this was a bona fide like NBA star, just as recently as twenty seventeen, leading his team in the playoffs. So he's in the he's in the category of can prove a lot if he can have a, a similar performance um, to what he's had in the past.
0: I'm not, I'm not mad at that, I, but I, and uh, but I still think that you know Kemba's the the guy there that that has a, a little bit more improvement. You, you're right. It's it's crazy to see how much he's fallen off because when he was a free agent, I mean. 29 other teams were clamoring for a guy of his caliber. Like, he was an all-star, and I know the injury changed him a bit, but to see how how far he's fallen off is crazy.
1: The injury changed him a lot. I feel like we're, we're kind of we're glossing over that a little bit too much. Like, he, he suffered a significant, a serious leg injury or ankle injury um, that takes guys a long time to kind of come back from. And he, I mean, even before, he dealt with another injury this season, and even when before leading up to that injury, he was kind of playing at an all-star level. Um, so. You know, maybe he can get back to that level. I don't know. But the the injury is obviously, I feel like it's the biggest part here. Yeah, but he's,
2: he's like you just said, he's actually played at that level at points this year. He's shown flashes of finally getting back to that point. So I think this is a time where he can show everyone, hey, I'm actually at that point. I was in 2017. I'm an all-star caliber player. And and we're talking about most approved. This is when he can prove it. I will say, a,
1: a, a tricky part about that, though, is that... I feel like there was still quite a lot up in the air. or well, The pecking order like wasn't clear on the Boston Celtics at the start of the season, right? Because you look, it, he got injured by the eighth game of the season. But after all that time he missed and everything, a lot changed. Namely, Jason Tatum an, became an absolute superstar and one of the top 10 players in the league. And I think that's probably bumped Gordon Hayward down on the pecking order to the point where like he just might not have the opportunities he needs to prove to be an all-star anymore.
0: Well... I don't mind I don't mind him as a wild card. That's I think that's the perfect spot for uh for him to be. All right, uh I went off the board. I didn't pick a player. I'm actually calling out a coach, and that's Coach Bud, uh, Mike Boonoser. I, I think that he has a lot to prove in these playoffs. A guy that has watched Greg Popovich navigate and win four NBA championships. He was there. He was sitting right next to him. He could. He can, He can. was in the trenches with him, watching him navigate and make adjustments in a playoff series. A guy that has won, had two 60-game seasons, and was well on the way to a third, and right now has nothing to show for it. Two coaches of the year, nothing to show for it. Every time he gets in a situation where he can overachieve, his team just kind of falters. And I think he really embarrassed himself last year, going up 2-0 and answering questions about Drake in, in the press conference rather than what was happening on the floor. His team was not prepared to handle what Toronto threw at them on the court and off the court. I think that was all on him. He's done a good job of unlocking Giannis, and that's what he was you know, there to do. How about unlocking Chris Middleton and Eric Bledsoe too? That would be nice. That might get them through the next level. This is a big playoff series, a big playoff run for the Milwaukee Bucks because we talked about it. Giannis, you know, has in Scott's mind hasn't won anything and hasn't proven anything to anybody in the league. Uh, And and (laughs) and Coach Bud, (laughs) coach Coach Bud, uh, will be at fault here if he's not able to get this team over them because they're clearly the best team in the Eastern Conference. If they don't get to at least the finals, I think it's a complete failure this season. They have to get to at least the finals. Who's I mean they have the team to win, the team to
1: beat in the East. I can't believe that I've been getting crushed this whole podcast. Colin mentions a coach for players who have the most to prove in the playoffs.
3: (laughs) And it's it's crickets
1: from you guys. Crickets. Well, I mean,
2: yeah, it's a little bit of a cop-out, but we did get on Giannis for blowing that Western Conference Finals. You got to put a little bit on the coach too, who's never won anything but still has that high reputation. So he's right. Although, yeah, you still should have picked a player.
0: Should have, but I, I couldn't get I couldn't get up this podcast not talking about Coach Bud. Embarrassed himself last year, he really did. It's a good punctuation mark. Sure is. Uh, all right, that's that's the that's the pod. If you've uh, if you haven't been able to listen to our, our our live shows, we go live on Tuesdays at three p.m. Eastern, recapping the Last Dance. Uh, you can find the episodes that we've already done right here on the NBA Sound System feed for Mike Adams alex novick and scott rafferty i'm carlin gay we will see you next week right here on nba sound system